This is the Horse Talk Show Podcast with Louisa Barton. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. This hour presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. And thank you to Larson's Hay and Feed, our live stream sponsor this hour also. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. I have a couple of very important guests in the studio with me today. Very excited. We've had Peter Brett here with us. Uh, for the first hour of the show and joining us we have Will Coleman. He is actually considered one of the top eventers in the US. He is an Olympian and has many accolades to his name. I'm feeling like I'm not the famous one here today for the show. It's very exciting to have great guests like this for you. So we're going to talk to Will a little bit about how it all started. And actually it's kind of a neat story. I think there's a Shetland pony involved. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> Tell us how you got started in the horses, Will. Um, I grew up in a pretty horsey family from Virginia and um, both my parents were, were horsemen, horsewomen and um, we basically grew up, we all rode ponies and fox hunted and um, just had a really kind of wonderful life in the country and we just, horses were a big part of it so um, I wasn't uh, as into it competitively until I was kind of in my teenage years but as a kid we just you know, we just played around. I mean, we just loved to gallop and jump and have a good that time. Was, that was kind of this. Go fast, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we we just we always had an affinity for the animal and for riding outside and you know being it's out. It's a wonderful way to grow up. countryside. It? You yeah. can't beat it, actually. No, you no, can't. you can't. There's no, there's no. Honestly, there's no lifestyle like it. There really isn't. I coming across our screen. If you're actually joining us on Facebook Live. Um, going across our screen right now on the bottom, you can actually see um, most of Will's accolades, uh, which are too many for us to list off during the show. I think it would take the entire segment, uh, but lots and lots of accolades to his name in eventing. Um, so why eventing? Well, I, I, that's a good question. I, I kind of like the, uh, the, I always loved galloping across the country and, and obviously growing up fox hunting a lot. I think there was a, Kind of natural tendency to to then go into the eventing because that's kind of the heart of the sport is, is the cross country phase. Uh, I think as time has gone on, I've really enjoyed the challenges of being able to kind of um, become very skilled at three different disciplines in in, in horse sport. And um, I think training horses to do those three things presents uh, a unique challenge. It does, and, doesn't um, it? Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's like a I think it's a, the ultimate test of, of horsemanship, and, and that part of it is, has been really intriguing for us too. So it is. It's the triathlon. It's uh, it's incredible, really, when you think about one rider and one horse needing to be able to compete in all three of those sports successfully. Uh, it's uh, they're very different to one another. You know, you're asking a horse to be open on the cross country, and then to do the dressage, which of course is uh, very disciplined as well, and then be in the in the show jumping ring. So it's a lot. It's it is. To take off. Yeah, it is. It takes a unique horse, I think, that can um, kind of really do those things at the level at which we're seeing now in our sport. But um, it also, I think, you have to be a good trainer and a good horseman. And, and the way you condition your horses and look after your horses, that plays a big part in how you know, well they're going to perform for you. So it's really impressive. I'm sure it's no different than what Peter does every day. You kind of live and breathe through these creatures. and. You do. Um, you know, it's a blessed life, but it's constant vigilance, and, and you really is. don't get much of a break. No, you, you don't get, get Christmas Day off. 
No. Have you ever tried all. getting up on Christmas morning and saying, yeah, you're not getting fed, horses, no. it's not working, <laughs> it's not happening, your stalls aren't getting mucked. It doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't. No. We were talking earlier about it being a labor of love, and it really is. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when people come to the competitions or the races, they see one side of it, but they don't see all the work and effort and everything that goes into it. It's not just the rider, it's the whole team, it's the groom, you know, it's the stall mucker. It's everybody, you know, it's the it, it's a huge machine that works all together to get, you know, you to that point. But but a lot of people don't even realize. So tell us about your journey to the Olympics. Well, it's probably not unlike many journeys, you know, it was it wasn't easy and uh, there was a lot of, you know, failure along the way. Um, I think in horses, you encounter failure a lot more than you encounter success and uh, you ultimately remembered probably for what you did well but you do a lot poorly to get there um, but we aren't running anything across the bottom of the screen that you didn't win <laughs> all right well good good just keep it keep it running then that's uh, right there's more than i have to one than than i have so um it's uh yeah i mean it was i had a a, a very nice horse a horse named twizzle um love that that uh you know, he, he had been kind of a hard luck horse his whole career, you know, often injured, but very, very talented. And um, the stars kind of aligned for us to go. Um, and we went and it wasn't maybe the best competition for us. We had a, a little stop on the cross country that kind of kept us from having um, a top placing, but he, um, it was still kind of a, a huge achievement for him in my career. And I still am very, very grateful to the horse for what he, the opportunity that he gave me. and. You know, now the, the goal is obviously to get back. I mean, the great thing with horses is you're never really done. You know, you can go now until you're apparently 60, 70 years old. I mean, <laughs> yes. it's, it's kind of nuts. I mean, it's just... Uh, We've got I, some good ones that are old, don't we? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's really cool. I mean, uh, so much of it is a, it's a cerebral sport in a way. I mean, there's an athletic side to it. But if you can think like a horse and, and a little bit, you know, learn the tendencies and, and, and how to train them. I think it, it's, just, it's a thinking man's game. So and I now think, when you uh, think about Ian Miller and Nick Skelton, and oh my gosh, you think about the, the oldies and goodies and they're just going strong, still riding, still yeah, competing, you know. They would probably argue that they're better now than they were when they were in their physical prime, you know, because they, they think better and they're they probably they go just, to bed earlier. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, I don't know about maybe. It depends on who you ask. Maybe, but, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, no, it's 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 a lifetime kind of. It's a sport you can do for, for you know pretty much your whole life. And, it really um, is. And I think that's that's pretty cool. That's one of the things that drew me to it too. Is that it's not um, you know a sport where you're done when you're 35. Like you're just getting started. You so. can carry on. Yeah, it's wonderful, isn't it? What's the best piece of advice you think you've ever been given? Uh, as it relates to the horse business, it's um, it's probably uh, as much it's a people business more than it is a horse business. And um, your passion and your your craft is the horses, but in terms of what makes it fly, it's your ability to communicate with people and create like-minded dreams with people. And um, so true. Surrounding yourself with the right people is critical. And none of us get anywhere if you don't have people behind you, and um, especially as an event rider or a racehorse trainer or a jockey you need the right people in your camp for your career to really take go to the, the top level and um i think now i've got an incredible group behind me and i think we're starting to build a good group of horses and um 
I really think that we're just getting started. So I'm, I'm really excited about the future more than I am celebrating what I've done so far, which in my That's opinion wonderful. isn't isn't that much. Well, to us, we think it's huge. <laughs> what about your mentors, um, the O'Connors, uh, other people who've kind of influenced your journey? Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of people that have been huge influences on me. I mean, I'm, I'm always, uh, I kind of like to think that I'm a pretty good student and, and I recognize, um, you know, you always can pick out a good horse person, um, I think, if you're looking for it. And uh, I've been lucky to cross paths with a lot over the years. The O'Connors were a big influence on me when I really first started to take eventing seriously as a potential career. And um, they were at the top of the sport at the time. So you were in, you know, a yard where, you know, you had horses going to Burley and badminton and Olympics and world championships and the chaos of that I just loved. Um, and uh, the excitement of it and always building towards something that I thought that was really cool. Um, so I, I got a huge amount out of that and being at their farm. And and then when I left, you know, then you're kind of a little bit more on your own and you're a little bit putting yourself uh, in front of some different people and getting different things to add to what they gave you. And then over the years, you gradually start to make it your own. And um, there's a lot of people in there, um, Ann Krasinski, um, Joe Farges, um, you know, Betsy Steiner, Ali Brock and the dressage. I mean, I've had just an enormous uh, kind of incredible group of horsemen and horsewomen that have, have given me things that I'll use for the rest of my life. So. You can learn a lot from a variety of people. Yeah, I sure. I find the more just people know. that you listen to who you've seen be successful, you can glean a little bit from all of them. Yeah. yeah, and you're always learning. I think in this, with the horse industry, you, you, you know, when you think you don't need to learn anymore, then I think you're only going one way then. Yeah, you should you know. go home. Absolutely, yeah. You're, you, you know, you're always on a learning curve with horses, you always, are, yeah. Are. So what do you think if you hadn't been out, if you hadn't ended up professionally riding, what do you think you would have done? That's a great question. Um, I, uh, I can't say I've given a lot of thought to it, honestly. Um, I kind of never, right? I never really considered doing much else, and uh, I don't think about that. I, I just, you know, I thought when I was younger, younger, I thought no, I could be a professional basketball player. But as, <laughs> as as time went on, it became clear to me that there were a lot of people who were much more talented than I was, could jump higher and run faster, and. Uh, I, I soon decided that that was probably a dream that wasn't going to be realized. So you might have been wealthier, but <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely would have been wealthier. But um, I don't think I would have made it to that that level. So I would have been like Woody Harrelson and White Man Can't Jump more so than guy playing in the NBA. But um, I, I don't know. I, the horses were always what I wanted to do, and uh, oh, you know, I went to school, and I guess I could have gotten a regular job. But the thought of being inside all day and sitting in an office just never appealed. No, I yeah. can understand. I bet you can too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I left home at 16 and it's the only thing I wanted to do. So. Just horses. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. No, I can understand. What about advice that you would give to an aspiring upper level eventer that really wants to get into, you know, the, the top, the best? Um, I think there's a tendency amongst a lot of young people out there that have gotten to a point where they might think they've arrived at the top level of the sport, that they think that the next step is then to go and, you know, basically become a, a professional at the, like the top guys in the game. And I would say just 
slow yourself a little bit, and if you can stay under somebody's wing for as long as possible, I think that is the healthiest and best way to go about it because you get so much from experience. And um, if you can have somebody helping you along that way, I, I do think generally you come out ahead. Um, otherwise, I think um, you end up making a lot more mistakes than you necessarily have to to learn. And um, I think in my case, like there were probably reasons like I went back to school and I uh, didn't have a, a lot of horses at the time. And, and so I left the O'Connors and kind of went on and not saying I would have stayed there forever, but I wish maybe I'd put myself back under someone a bit earlier. Um, instead, I kind of um, figured a lot of it out for myself, but it yeah. probably did a little bit hold you back to a degree and just made it a little bit of a longer learning curve. And um, there's great benefit, I think, to, to going through your 20s because horse sport, the, you know, it's not your 20s. You're still really young. And you don't really know anything. Yeah, and true. you don't have enough experience. And just staying with someone you know, kind of has been there and done that, can give you the right guidance for an extended period of time. I think that's the best way to go about it because the riding ends up being the easy part, and um, it's the management and the horsemanship and what to do with a horse on a certain day and learning how to read kind of between the lines in terms yeah. of the animal and. Definitely. That's the stuff that only experience can give you. So if you're with somebody that can help you That's figure really that right. out, it'll save you a lot of headache. That's true. Top of the bucket list, back to the Olympics? Yeah, I mean, the Olympics are a special thing, you know. It's a very unique competition. I think, um, you know, winning a four-star, I think, is like winning a triple crown race. It's yes. like uh, it's the pinnacle of mm -hmm. our, our game, and That's that would right. be something that you can shoot for every year. So Absolutely. Normally, if you win four stars, you got a pretty good chance to get into an Olympics. So I think every year we're just trying to get closer and closer to where you can win. And, um, you know, it's uh, you chip away at it. It's not something that, uh, you know, just happens. You have to just keep trying to get a little bit better every day. And that's kind of how we go about it. So. so really, the last thing I want to talk to you about is the Ocala Jockey Club. Of course, we've got that coming up, 15th yeah. to the 18th. Very exciting. Love it. Actually, my mom and dad uh, messaged me today and said, make sure we have tickets because we love it. Because it's like the closest thing to going to a three-day eventing in England. <laughs> and it's lovely. 900-acre farm, beautiful place, lovely clubhouse. Tell us what your thoughts are on the, on the Jockey Club event. Well, this will be my first time attending it as a competitor. I've been to the Jockey Club a couple of times. Um, it is an amazing property. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to compete there. Um, it's really great. I think that we have another kind of marquee event in the fall season to aim some horses at. Um, we've kind of made a conscious decision this year that we just wanted to do some different events. We have kind of a growing number of options in this country to compete your horses at. And um, we kind of wanted to get a sense of maybe how this event could, could help us develop horses and develop horses and to be ready for Olympic Games or four-star events around the world. So. This will be my first time doing it, but we're very excited. We've heard nothing but great things, and um, you know we're just looking forward to it. We're here for the winter now, and it's a great way to kind of kick off our season down here is by running this last great event of 2018. It really is. It's incredible. Peter, you, if you get a chance, you should come out. Mm, I'll try, yeah. So. And the weather's better. Yes, mm. the weather's better. Yeah. Yes, normally I normally go to Fair Hill, <laughs> yeah. Fair, and it's usually pretty cold. Uh, yes. Cold and rainy. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's, it's an incredible event, 15th to the 18th at the Ocala Jockey Club. 
Uh, absolutely beautiful, uh, incredible farm. Uh, like I said, it's 900 acres. It's a partly a racehorse farm and, you know, partly the eventing, but uh, the course is incredible. Uh, the footing, I hear from all the competitors, the footing is incredible. Yeah. Uh, the scenery, second highest point in Florida, beautiful clubhouse, lovely VIP. It's really an amazing event. So, yeah, so, so what are you competing in? I've got uh, almost one in every level. I've got yeah. A, yeah, one star, two two stars, three star. We've we've got kind of the full full gamut. So it'll be a busy weekend, but it's our kind of last big event of the year, and then the horses will get a good long break. So well, the bad news is, if you win, we will be chasing you around with a camera. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a good problem. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah that's it. right. We'll be uh, actually, even if you don't, we'll probably chase you anyway. <laughs> but but especially if you win. So I want to wish you all the best. Will, um, uh, thank you so much for coming in and, and sharing some of your wisdom. Do you have any last things to tell any any new eventers? No, it's uh, just it's work a, hard. It's a great sport, <laughs> and yes, you'll that, that's a given. If you want to get anywhere, you got to work hard no matter what. But um, absolutely, no, it's it's a it's a cool game, and you're into horses. And, uh, you better be into horses because yeah. there's not a whole lot else in it other than that. But it's, and you're a, in the horse capital. If you're here enough. in Ocala, you better be into horses. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Will Coleman, our Olympian uh, top eventer. If you want to watch him compete, he's got a horse in almost every level uh, next weekend at the Ocala Jockey Club. So you can go out and watch him. Take the kids. Have a great fun day out. There's going to be like a beer garden and there's going to be booze and there's going to be kids activities. Enough, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then horses are just the icing on the cake. And you can watch incredible action, the, the cross country. I did some eventing when I was a little girl. Great. I was never in the top, top. I didn't like the dressage at the time. I didn't appreciate Nobody it. I thought does. it was a bit boring. Uh, but I wanted to go fast across the cross country, and I did fox hunting, so cool. it was an easy you know, transition yeah, from very natural, my mom yeah. cutting me loose when I was seven on the pony for the day and following us in the Land Rover. And actually, I think her and Dad had too much to drink one time because they lost me, the hunt lost me, and I was out until about 9 o'clock at night <laughs> with Melanie Sini. I wonder where Melanie Sini is today. But anyway, we were out lost for absolutely hours. And I can still remember, I wake up sometimes in the middle of the night and see the frozen ground under the horse's feet. And it was cold. <laughs> and if my mom hadn't given me that little flask of brandy inside my jacket pocket, I probably would have frozen to death. <laughs> but yes, I, I have done all of that and yeah. what fun. And just an exciting sport. Eventing is, is so fun to watch. So you have to come out to the Ocala Jockey Club and uh, check it out in uh, in Reddick, right outside Ocala next weekend. You'll love it. It's so worth it. Thank you, Will, so much. Absolutely. Thank you, Peter. Pleasure. Uh, amazing uh, chance to talk to both of these chaps at the same time uh, on the Horse Talk Show. It was wonderful. Hi, guys. This is Louisa Barton. I really hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Horse Talk Show podcast. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and let me know what you thought. Now, please go out there and share the podcast.